0: Welcome to Talk to Be Well. I'm your host, Dr. Robin Henderson, Chief Executive of Behavioral Health for Providence, Oregon, and Chief Clinical Officer for Work to Be Well. Today's podcast is on the topic of differentiating between school and social anxieties. Joining me for our 100th Talk to Be Well episode, I mean, seriously, 100 episodes? I feel like I just started this yesterday, and now we're 100 episodes in are three members of Work To Be Well's National Student Advisory Council who are gonna take a minute and introduce themselves. But first, as always, we have to start out by reminding everybody the information provided during this podcast is for educational purposes only. It is not intended nor is it implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice. Episode 100, my friends, let's do the thing and get started by having each of you Introduce yourself, where you're from, and why is this topic important to you? It's all about school anxiety today. Let's go.
1: Hi, everyone. My name is is Anjali. I'm from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And this topic is important to me so that students know that they are never alone in the idea of having anxiety surrounding school and that this is something that resonates with a lot of people so they can definitely lean on others for support. My name is Georgia. I'm from
2: Sherwood, Oregon. And I am very passionate about anxiety because it's something that I deal with. And I know a lot of my friends and peers and people I care about. It's just a topic I'm very passionate about. And I'm very excited to speak about it. (laughs)
3: My name is Tanviaric-Pudy, and I'm from Woodenville, Washington. I think this topic is really important, especially as we're coming into the new school year, where we're facing a lot of school and social anxiety, and learning more about it, more about it and also spreading more awareness to it and learning how we can cope with it is really important, especially like getting used to um, coming back to school as well.
0: Well, I'm excited for this conversation for a whole lot of reasons. This is not the first time Talk to Be Well has taken on the issue of school anxiety, social anxiety, and anxiety in general. We talked about it a lot during the pandemic because coming out of the pandemic, especially initially, anxiety seemed to be a little bit of everybody's game. I mean, everybody was dealing with that. But we're a little farther away from the pandemic now. You've had some time back in school. And I'm wondering how this type of anxiety has shifted. And when you look at, you know, school anxiety, social anxiety, they seem to be pretty similar. What are those similarities, differences? What do you think?
3: Um, I think there's like a lot of similarities between them but like a couple of the differences are probably like um, having school anxiety is a lot of the things to do with like assignments or stress or what the teacher is like telling you to do on a school day and you're not quite sure and you're feeling really, really anxious about what to do during the school day and if you're prepared for a test or not and then I think social anxiety is a lot of like If it's events you're going to, just hanging out during lunch with friends, being able to be like, are my peers judging me? Am I feeling comfortable here? And also anxious, like what to talk during lunch? Or is what you said like kind of awkward and you shouldn't have said that? And like a lot of things come with being in a social interaction, either with friends or even in like different groups in a, um, a classroom as well. So a lot of the differences are there, but there's a lot of similarities as well.
2: Yeah, I totally agree with everything you just said. And also like to add on to that, like personally, I go to a really big school. So like for me, like social anxiety and school anxiety really go hand in hand with each other, at least for me personally. I know it's different for everybody else, but seeing like having to deal with all of my assignments and then seeing all of my peers. And then also I know a lot of people are involved in like leadership in their school, which, again, is a whole nother level to it with like social anxiety and being in front of your school so
1: often. Um, This year I came to a new school um, after going to the same school for all of my school years. And that brought me a lot of like anxiety surrounding like all these new peers I'd be surrounded with new teachers to kind of rebuild my identity at this new school, especially because at my previous school. I was very involved in leadership, sports, different clubs like that. And so I think coming from that new perspective of saying, hey, like, how am I going to fit in? Who am I going to gravitate towards? But also, will I be able to handle my classwork? Will I be able to succeed academically? And so I think there's also a lot of anxiety surrounding that and like built up pressure that society kind of places on students today.
0: You know, it's interesting when you talk about that pressure society places on students. One of the things that I see when I walk into many schools is you see the board with, you know, here's the honors students. Boom, 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 all up there on the board. And I'm like, wow, that's overwhelming. Because what if your name's on that list that says one thing about you? And if your name's not on that list, that also says something. Do things like that that appear to be well-meaning Do those impact school anxiety? I
2: really think they do. I mean like I've had these experiences and I know a lot of other schools do too but it's almost like competition between students which adds a complete new level to it to students who aren't comfortable being put out there. Yes you might have a 4.0 but you don't feel comfortable like being out and everybody knowing that. Like it's just It seems very competitive with how people are doing that. And some people like that's their thing. Like they are, they love talking about, they love being involved in it, but like others, it's just not easy to just take that on, I guess.
3: Yeah and adding on to that like an ASB like leadership role there in our school and middle school last year there was like a lot of people who were interested in just leading the school being able to help set up different dances for the school and things like that but it came like a real big um, popularity contest and that brought a lot of social anxiety to the students like they had to record a video share it with students their peers like in front of the whole entire school and that was like bringing a lot of social anxiety and then also like you're saying it's well-meaning because you're trying to support your school in the best way possible but also it brings a lot of anxiety and like a lot of humiliation if you did said something wrong or like people you don't know how they're going to react so like that ASB elections as well can cause like a lot of social anxiety there.
1: Another thing I've noticed especially at my school um, is class rank. Uh, I know a lot of schools got rid of it but yeah, like class rank students would be constantly asking each other, hey, like, what are you ranked in the class? Like, or even like comparing SAT scores or ACT scores. It's not that it's not who it's not a core part of who you are. And I think a lot of times students place themselves in that they're defined by what rank they are, or what score they get. But it, you're so much more than that as a person.
0: I think that plays a big part in this school anxiety game, especially when you're looking at the ultra competitive environment. I mean, you're all you're on the work to be well, National Student Advisory Council, in large part because you're you're influencers in your school, you're involved in these types of higher order things, and you're very passionate about mental health. And I imagine that has to be anxiety provoking in and of itself, because there's all the expectations that get placed on high performers. How do you deal with that?
2: I think this is something that doesn't often come to the surface. Personally, I've had a lot of experiences with people like asking me like how I do all of it because I'm in a lot of stuff, but I'm also in a leadership position and all
0: of that. And I know a lot of people are too. Who wants to pick up in there in that idea of when when you're a high performer and, and there's all these leadership expectations, that's got its own level of anxiety too.
3: Yeah, I can talk about that. So, like, in school, like, I'm in, like, in all these leadership positions, clubs, and I'm really putting myself out there in the community towards mental health as well. And that, like, for me, it's a lot of, like, work I need to do and stress. But then when I go to school, and I just want to try to be my my normal self, it's kind of hard, because all my friends think of me as someone who is really active all the time, excited about everything. And, like, since I'm a mental health advocate, I'm always excited, and I don't feel any emotions. But, like, it's kind of hard to break that barrier and say hey i'm human as well even though i'm trying to promote everyone to be like able to have the strategies they need i also need strategies and i need help as well sometimes so what i typically do is i just like talk to my friends about it like if all of them are like you're probably going to get 100 of this on this test i'm like it's hard for me too and this like this test preparing has been hard and like i need help like i try to reach out and let them know that like that isn't what it's like. And sometimes I do need help and support. And like, they've been so understanding with being able to like understand that better and being like more supportive in the way that like I need right now. And they kind of like, now that they know me more and like more about like the work I do, they also know that takes a lot of pressure from me as well. So they've been really kind and understanding. So like, I guess just being able to, if you feel like you're that leader and you need support from people and they think like you're too awesome to need support, just letting them know that it's okay, like that you need support. And that people are there to help you as well.
1: I've found that specifically pressure of relationships. So keeping in touch with all of your friends, constantly being able to respond to all your texts or different Instagram messages. But with that, constantly being busy, I think a lot of times people use all the things they do outside of school as an excuse to not prioritize relationships. But I found that for me specifically, like relationships are really essential to who I am and they bring me so much joy. So I, no matter how involved I get, I make sure that I always have time for like my support system, um, as was mentioned earlier, because I think they provide so much additional like support comfort anything that you need but there is a lot of pressure because people see you doing all these big things and they think like they kind of put people on pedestals or give them like some sort of hierarchy and it really makes people so much harder to approach and like become friends with because you're like oh they're so much cooler than me but really everyone's in the same boat we're all in high school we're all trying to figure things out as we go and so that's what I've noticed is like when you prioritize your friendships, prioritize your relationships with others, it makes that hurdle a little bit easier to jump over.
2: Yeah. And I think to add on to that, as a senior who's doing college admissions and everything right now, it's just a completely other level to put onto school and like being a part of all of this. Like, it's so important to prioritize your social relationships and have a support system in all of this especially with everybody is so busy right now. It's the start of the school year. A lot of things are just getting started, but to prioritize the social relationships in this portion of life is just so important. And I just, oh, I could talk about this forever, but I just, I just think it's so important to like your mental health, your physical health. Even if
0: you don't talk to people, that's not good. <laughs> Do you think that's part of why some students have more social anxiety? Because maybe they will have the support systems that, that you're talking about?
2: Yeah, I think that's personally, my school does like a survey and asks if you have a support system, like at the beginning of the year for like a counseling center, which I think is a great idea. But I think having a support system is so important to like being successful and being like having a good mental health kind of Area, but without a support system, I just think it's hard to do everything yourself. Like sometimes you need others to like lean on
0: and rely on. I love that idea, and and uh, we're going to talk. I know in another episode at some point about all of the stressors that come with college applications because you take your entire senior year and then let's throw college applications at that. That's an episode for another day, but it does bring up this issue. Uh, I know as we're talking about relationships. What are some other reasons you think students have, you know, school anxiety? What other, are there cultural reasons? How, what, what does culture play? What role does culture play?
3: I think there's a lot of reasons like school anxiety comes. And I think a lot of them are like in schools right now. We're not learning, at least in my school, we're not learning like time management skills which is really hard, like they're putting so much like assignments on us, tests on us, and if the students don't have management skills of like using calendars or like having to-do lists, it's going to be like really stressful and then if you forget it and then all of a sudden you realize you have a test and the same day you're going to school and then you just didn't prepare that can put a lot of anxiety on us and I think having like maybe like an after-school activity or like just one class that you go to that teaches you time management can really help to lower the school anxiety and help you feel like you're more intact and able to support yourself in a better way for the school anxiety portion.
1: What I've noticed culture-wise is a lot of times the same group of people resonate to people that are similar to them. And a lot of times, at least for me, I have friends that overload their schedule so much that they don't have time to breathe because I think they find a lot of comfort in that numbness of just going through the motions and doing things to just check off boxes. So I think really reevaluating and taking a step back and saying, do I have time to prioritize my mental health? Do I have time to practice self-care or like reach out to a friend just for fun and not as like a work thing is really crucial because there's a lot of pressure that comes with how am I going to succeed? All of this almost toxic, competitive mindset of you have to be the best of the best to be like worthwhile. And I think debunking that and showing that we need to really reevaluate how we see the world on that specifically.
0: I love that. I love the idea of debunking the idea that you have to be everything all the time, right on, perfect, and in that space, um, because it is so highly competitive. And I think we're back to, we're back to the world that is highly competitive. We we kind of got away from that a little bit in the pandemic when people were in their own little Zoom boxes and school was a hot mess. But it also created social anxiety for people who. At this time, developmentally, it's perfectly normal for people to feel socially anxious, to feel awkward about their bodies, to feel awkward about their hair, their makeup, their voice, you name it, you know, they're all the things, especially coming out of middle school, first into high school, that is like awkward body right there, awkward, all of the awkward. If you could define that, you know, an eighth grader is the definition of awkward, right? Right. So how you deal with that and learn how to deal with that is the role of middle school. And then when you get to high school, you've learned this through middle school. And what happened for people who were in middle school during the pandemic is they didn't get to have that. And so they're working out their awkwardness and their anxieties in high school where some of the expectations aren't necessarily the same. And I'm wondering, you know, Tanvi, you, you're you a freshman, you're you've probably are closer to having lived that middle school experience. What do you think?
3: Yeah, I mean, like, I completely agree with that. Like, it's been crazy because a lot of the important years for, like, understanding yourself better have been, like, through COVID. And especially coming into, like, being a freshman this year, it's been kind of hard because, like, First of all, I'm not able to have like that uh, solid friend group because I've had different ones over the years and with COVID, I wasn't able to fully build one friend group. And that's been really hard on me. But I think also like being able to understand like how I work in the social like places. I feel like just last year, I've been trying to like understand myself. And then I feel like maybe I'm the studious one always working and not getting to spend time with friends. And it's been really hard because like coming into high school, like everyone says, that's when you know your life and that's when you feel completely who you are. But it's hard for me. And like, I feel like with all my friends, we're all struggling to understand who we are. And then I'm seeing all my friends changing when they're coming to high school, being like a combination of the different like popular people in school. And it's been kind of crazy seeing how people are changing and growing. And it's, we're all trying to be someone who we're not right now, because we're not sure if we're comfortable being ourselves. So it's been hard. But I think a lot of the teachers in schools are trying to be a bit more understanding that way. And I hope like a lot of the Teens can understand they're not alone in this challenge. We're all going through it together. And I think knowing that can also really help in this transition. What other things are triggering school anxiety? What other triggers do you see?
1: A personal experience that happened to me this year is I'm currently recovering from a concussion from playing lacrosse. And I'm actually on month five. So it's like, it was a pretty severe concussion and I'm still not better. But I think one of the biggest things was I have accommodations at school, but I felt like I'd get behind if I actually use them. So it got to the point where I really, like, I really, really needed to use them. And that's when I finally used them when it should have been more of a proactive thing. So I found like social anxiety for me comes when I need to ask adults for help or ask them to like understand something because I feel like I'll get behind otherwise or I won't be like in the same like path with everybody else. So I think just reevaluating that sometimes you need help and it's okay to ask for help, but also teachers are there to give you what you need to succeed and realizing that that nobody's out to get you, nobody wants to see you fail. That's
0: yeah. a beautiful example.
1: I agree with what you said about teachers. Like, I feel like
2: I personally have such a struggle talking to my teachers and like asking for help because I mean, I've personally, I've always been the kid who just like gets everything done. Len like doesn't really need any help. And I know a lot of leadership kids or like just smart kids in general don't like asking for help. And like teachers are there to help you. And I feel like that's something that people don't really like Use to their advantage. And the people who do are very successful with it. But then on the other hand, you have teachers who just don't like to do their job. Like, I don't know how else to say that, but they just don't really give you all of the resources you need to succeed. They kind of just let you figure it out on your own. And that's hard. I feel like it's just teachers are either on one side or the other side. I feel like I've never personally had a teacher who's like in the middle of it all. I've always just... Kind of had teachers who either do everything or they do nothing. It's a little
0: odd. (laughs) Teachers are people too. Exactly. And that's a really good point. Asking for help can be very anxiety provoking. Asking for help can be one of the scariest things. When you master that skill and learn how to do it, you get a couple different things from it. Number one, you get the help you need, but you also begin to develop and really create that muscle that at a time when you're in a position where you can help someone. You see how that important that is, and you can help other people feel comfortable asking you for help because you model that behavior. And that's one of the great coping strategies in dealing with school anxiety is modeling that behavior. I'm wondering, do you all have other ideas about coping strategies that you use for school anxiety or social anxiety situations that you're in? Uh, what are some of the what are some of your go-to's?
3: For me personally if i have like any sort of test then i typically go to using like the breathing technique of square breathing because sometimes like just sitting down and like before the teacher hands out the test papers i get like really anxious and i'm like oh no did i study enough even though i know i studied as much as i possibly could i still have those doubts and i'm like oh no maybe i'm not prepared enough and it really gets to me so then what i do is i like take a second before starting the test and i like go through imagining the square going through counting one two three four on all sides and that really helps me to at least in the moment, calm down And in that time. I'm also like, hey, I got this. I've been preparing for a while. There's nothing else I can do right now. I'm gonna try my best and see what comes. So I feel like understanding that. And then after the test, the anxiety that comes in is like, did I do good enough? For that one, I'm just like, um, even like when I share this with my sister, with my parents, they're like, is there anything you can do about it now? And I'm like, no, I'm just gonna wait for the results. And that helps me like just Like someone saying that to me is like hey yeah there's no need to stress right now because i'm not sure like what the results is and that's not something that i can work towards now but i'm just gonna wait for it so like before and after a test like there's a lot of school anxiety but uh, the tip that i use is square breathing and also just reflecting on it and being like hey it's okay nothing i can do now can change anything after
2: i love square breathing like genuinely i think it's so uh like i have like a little air freshener in my car of like square breathing (laughs) Because I do have a little bit of <laughs> road rage <laughs> and sometimes it helps in my car and stuff like that. But another thing I use is like the five, four, three, two, one one method, which my therapist was telling me about. But it's like five things you can see, four things you can touch, three things you can hear, two things you can smell, and one thing you can taste. And if I'm really stressed out about a test or speaking, like public speaking, like I just kind of ground myself in the moment and talk like... To lessen my anxiety, which I don't really feel like a lot of people do. I haven't really heard people talk about it if they do, but yeah, it's just, I love it. I think it really just like grounds me in the moment and it helps me realize that like I am in the moment and what happens, happens, I guess.
1: I've utilized that one before and it's great. I personally noticed that I experience anxiety when it comes to always needing to respond to emails or mm-hmm. trying to navigate when there's people that aren't necessarily the nicest to you at school or things like that. So when I know that I have a very, very packed to, to do list, I'll make sure that like, instead of saying like, I need to complete all these tasks, I'll do like a top three things that like I would like to accomplish that day. So maybe the three things. they don't need to be anything huge, but just three things that once I check off, I can feel that sense of reward or like accomplishment. And it helps me ground myself in that to make sure that I don't feel super overwhelmed with any amount of tasks.
0: You know, that's such a great set of techniques that you all are using. And I love the fact that these are all on our work to be well website under the shareable files, those and a whole bunch more. And in fact, When we're looking at some of the things that we do on our Wellness Wednesdays, often we have a lot of these different activities that are available for schools to use on Wellness Wednesdays, along with so many more great breathing techniques. Breathing techniques are some of the most effective ways to disrupt an anxiety attack because physically, when you're concentrating on your breathing, you can't think about anything else. That's why it's so effective. If you've ever noticed, if you're thinking about breathing, it's literally the only thing you can think about. And that's part of how our bodies are designed because, you know, normally breathing is something we don't think about at all, but when you disrupt it and, you know, one of my favorite disruptive techniques is to do the one where like you breathe in for seven counts and you breathe out or you breathe in for four counts and you breathe out for seven. So you're basically disrupting your breathing cycle. All of the things that you all have talked about are things that really do that type of disruption that can in the moment stop an anxiety attack and they're incredibly effective. And Georgia, to your point, I don't think people use them enough, especially when you're getting ready to speak publicly, getting ready for a speech, getting ready for a test, getting ready for anything that you know, is gonna spike that adrenaline in there. What do you think teachers and counselors could do to help mitigate school anxiety? I mean, okay, you have an opportunity to tell your favorite teacher, these are the things that would help, what are you gonna tell them? I really do think, that
2: teachers need to realize that school is not the only thing that people have going on in their lives and a lot of the times i feel like my teachers just think i have all the time in the world to work on five essays over the weekend and like i i don't and i know most people don't i think if teachers have the i want them to know that like i have a life <laughs> that anxiety isn't just around school it's around everything else like it's i want teachers to know that We are people and we're still all growing up. We don't know everything. And I think that's
0: really important.
3: Um, I think like a lot of the things that teachers can do like that can make it easier for students is just talk about it. Say that we all have anxiety, like not in a cheesy way but in a way that can actually like benefit other students. Like for me personally, when I go through challenges I feel like I'm alone and no one else is going through this. It's just me and I single out myself. But if they can talk about it and make it seem like it's normal because it is, that can help students like breaking the stigma of, oh, you use that breathing technique, that's so weird. Like, why do you use that? Rather than thinking like that, it's like, hey, maybe I should try that because it seems to be helping you. Like, I think that like change of mindset can help so many students. And also it can help like the teachers themselves know like, hey, if I break the stigma for the students, then I can break it with my colleagues, like the other teachers in the school. And I think like building that, um, breaking stigma and building community and sharing strategies can really help in schools as well.
1: I've been really fortunate this year at my new school that uh, my counselor has been so, so supportive. And what I've noticed is she really prioritizes making sure that every student knows that she's there and she cares about them genuinely. And it's something that I never experienced at my old school. But just she said, like, you can just walk in my office and talk to me whenever. And like having that saying like hey like if you we're here for you when you need us and also like referencing back to when uh, the concussion thing I mentioned earlier uh I was at a really rough spot with that earlier last month I guess and my one teacher like came out to me and he was like hey like I do not want you worrying about any thing with school right now like you need to prioritize you and I think having that conversation and saying obviously you're so much more than a student and there's so much more importance into making sure that you're okay, that your mental health's okay, that your physical health's okay, before you need to like force yourself to like act like everything's okay and like putting on a brave face. So I think having teachers that are open and saying like, I want to make sure you as a human is doing well before you need to like really stress out about all these assignments and things. I found that really beneficial for me.
2: Yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll say one more last thing about this, but I have been so fortunate to have an amazing counseling center and I know they're probably going to see this and they're just going to love me, but um, they are just, they provide so many resources and are so helpful to all of our students and it's Like having a support system there is so important. And the fact that they just care so much about all the students are just amazing. And I hope they all see this because I
0: appreciate them so, so, so much. Well, I think that is a perfect place for us to wrap up on. I want to thank all three of you for spending this time with me talking about school anxiety, sharing your own personal stories. That's the best way that we can connect with people is sharing your own personal stories and making this real for people, because that's really what Talk to Be Well is all about. If you are looking for support with your mental health, check us out at Work to Be Well. That's work2bewell.org. We have lots of great resources, lots of great breathing techniques, all there, all available, all free. I'm your host, Dr. Robin Henderson. This has been Talk to Be Well. Be well, everybody.